0: You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. ...drive after the takeaway the interception. Wide open and into the end zone is Coleman
0: Jr. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan.
1: Hey, Grump. Happy Monday. I much prefer to be talking to you and to our loyal fans and giant fans out there than watching that farce that they call the National Championship, which I refuse to watch. So, don't anybody ask me my opinion because I'm not watching it because I don't care what happens.
0: I mean, I'll be – I'm not watching it. Obviously, I'm talking to you. And uh, I've got all my notes up on my screens here. But uh, it's definitely film I'm going to watch for the upcoming offseason as all these guys become potential NFL draft picks for Giants.
1: That's different. I mean, it, dissecting the, the, how people play in it is one thing. I just – I to me, this is a sham, you know, w- which teams are picked into the playoffs. I've gone over this already. I'm not going back. I'm kind of – I'm relatively calm right now. I'm not going to get myself fired up again. But the fact is this championship means nothing because it was a manufactured uh, – world wrestling federation style look we just want these four teams we get that's the most revenue we're going to generate and who cares what the regular season is or what rules are and i don't need to be a, a part of that i don't need to be a party of it i don't have to you know care who wins or accept what happens so them um
0: yeah and and i usually i'll watch this game usually and i just have other things but i can't i can't watch this from a critical standpoint while watching it live i become too into it which is often why we do our podcasts reviewing the giants game a whole day later because in the moment i am not going to give you a true uh reaction to the game so whatever that's why we're unless
1: unless something games. unless we get pissed and we have to speak immediately to get it but off the my but, chest but those are so we don't those get... are
0: reactions to to important things those are not uh breakdowns of the game I mean, oh no just, no for, just totally of, course different not. Things. of course not yeah. but over the weekend we saw a lot of really good football uh this was a, an interesting wildcard weekend. Um. Well, first off, I mean, this sounds like a stupid question, but did you like having three games
1: on Saturday and three on Sunday? I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, that was <laughs> I, cool. I, I mean, I love Saturday NFL. It's one of my, you know, it's one of the unsung things that my favorite things in sports. And, you know, it's not all year. It's, it's in December after college ends. And I just love sitting at a bar at 4 o'clock on a Saturday and you know it's cold out and there's football on it's NFL football and you know that you have more tomorrow you're not going back to work on Monday it's I love it and when you give me three of them look out
0: yeah you know when I like it even more when we're in it freezing cold with a cup of hot chocolate with a shot of Jameson in it in the uh, Jameson room at MetLife that's my favorite Saturday football
1: Oh, if we're yeah, if we're playing in it, sure, yeah. sure. Um, well, especially if it, it was in January, and it was a playoff game. Attached, well, that's what I'm talking which, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which possibly could have happened if some nameless turd didn't uh, tank a game and is now fired.
0: But so yeah, we're, the, we're the, gonna the, him in a minute. In the beginning of Wild Card Weekend and at the end of Wild Card Weekend, we had two big stories that affect the Giants, and it's uh, you know the Cowboys fired, fired Mike Nolan, the Eagles have fired Doug Peterson. So we'll get into all that stuff first, but. We'll get into all that stuff in a minute, but first, let's kind of just go over the wild card weekend. This is much more happy, upbeat, exciting uh, stuff. Less analytical and, and just fun. And I, the first game of the weekend, I think, was the best game of the entire weekend. Indianapolis and Buffalo. You know, a, a game I really thought Buffalo was going to just kind of put them to put their boot to the throat, and uh, it was a really good game by two teams that look really good. I mean, that was a fun game to watch.
1: So listen grump uh, we uh, we actually jumped the river and watched the first game in Hoboken, which was a, a big mistake uh, unfortunately i'm not twenty three year old single and looking to pick up girls, so it doesn't really work when you know us old men go to watch but you know going to Jersey means you get free bets from all the websites so I made a bunch of wagers this weekend, and I can clip. Proudly say I lost every single one of them. <laughs> I I had the under for the Indianapolis game. Wrong. I took Seattle giving the four points. Wrong. I had uh, my Florida Gators and basketball giving four. Wrong. I had Pittsburgh in a money line. Wrong. So your point about you, you thought Buffalo – you know, you were surprised what happened to me. I don't know anything anymore, apparently, because everything I think it happens doesn't happen. I am continually the mush, and not so much more evident than I was this past weekend. So that's
0: why we don't run a betting podcast.
1: That's right. That's why I don't gamble for with money. Yeah. I had free bets, <laughs> but otherwise, it'd be a complete disaster.
0: I, I thought that game was fantastic, and both of those teams look—they have like, like they have a good future there. They have a good coach. They have. A good, pretty young roster. Indy obviously needs to find a, its way towards a more sustainable quarterback situation, but yeah, otherwise, big, yeah, I know it's I know it's a big if, and and a, you know I'm going to rail on that in a little bit, but you know, considering this team and everything that happened to them to be this competitive is really something. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, Josh McDaniels, uh, you know, gives him the bird and walks out of the building without signing a single thing. And they're kind of forced to make a snap decision at head coach, and they they knocked it out of the park. You know, well, let's it's,
1: back up. Let's back up a little further. Their franchise quarterback just retired on him.
0: Is that further? No, that happened. Did Wasn't that, that happen before? After?
1: The, was that before or after? Well, I mean, regardless, if you have a, well, a it's, it's, uh, those are
0: both of the things I was going to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like those are two major the the two most important things on a football team our quarterback and head coach. And they just went into smoke, you know, just like
0: all of a sudden. And they both happened at zero hour. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess not zero hour for head coach, but, you know, really far down the line. Um, And then, you know, Andrew Luck was right before preseason?
1: Yeah, I mean, he pulled a Barry Sanders. He quit right before, you know, when really you had no chance to, Kind of react to it in the draft or free agency or a trade. You know, it's just kind of like, "Oh, I'm gone," and now, now what do I do? So, yeah, they—they, I mean, it was a smart. I mean, going for Philip Rivers, who had, you know, has a little left in the tank. You know, he's the the lights not on the gas gauge to say empty, but he's getting there. But enough to make a run. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and and quite frankly, they they have the assets to move around. To, to figure it out I mean they're not they're not hopelessly in a situation with no quarterback which we'll get to in a minute but um you know I, I, I thought that was a really good game I was really happy to have watched it um, that was a it, it was a perfect matchup you know what I mean like the playoffs can kind of fall anyway in terms of how how compelling the the games are and that one fell perfectly I think
1: well especially because usually that Saturday 1230 game or I guess usually it's the Saturday four o'clock game usually is the least interesting of all. I mean, it's usually like, you know, Houston, Tennessee or Jacksonville, Tennessee, or it's some combination of the AFC South or the AFC, uh, you know, somewhere we, we just, let's just get this one over with and let's get to the big boys who are playing that night and get to Sunday. Uh, but no, they, they, they stuck a pretty, uh, a nice, a meaty game for that first one. So it was a nice way to, to kick the, the, uh, the festivities off.
0: And then we went to the Rams and Seahawks, and I came away from this game watching after watching what felt like some really sloppy football. But also, I just can't tell if either of these teams are good, or or if they are, if they're getting better or they're getting worse. I, I, they both just seem like an enigma to me. I mean, I can't tell if Jared Goff looks good or not. I can't tell if Seattle has put enough weapons around Russell Wilson. I I don't. I just don't know anymore. I it I, just, can't, it I just came away. Mess.
1: I came away thinking, does Russell Wilson have some sort of injury for the last second half of the year? Mm. He didn't seem like Russell Wilson. Not that he was bad, but, but— He had
0: his moment. I mean there was one where he's like kind of just fading out into the— uh, Oh, I, yeah. Uh, sideline through a bomb to Metcalf for a touchdown. He had a couple really nice runs with good pump fakes and stuff. I mean he's still Wilson, but yeah, not but this... as consistently as the beginning he, of the year.
1: Yeah, I just didn't— not Russell Wilson with a capital R and a capital W, like just and you know when we saw it even in the Giant game, you know he was, was all right, but it just seemed like he didn't have his normal something. So I wonder if there's something going on with him where, you know, would you be shocked if you heard he had off-season surgery for something? No. It's to clean something up. No, no. Um, it just you know it's another thing too. It's just for Giant fans, you know how this relates to us. It puts a little bit more of a you know, looking back with the 2020 hindsight that we do now, that that Seattle win wasn't maybe as special as you thought it was. I mean, Well, yes, come on. This
0: is still a Colt McCoy game in Seattle. I,
1: I, yeah, but I mean, though, no, it's like, it, it's not, it it, it it takes a little bit away from, more from like this team is a really good, you know, this is a, a special team. It's not a special team. It's just, you know, the, that's the way the NFL is and teams will beat teams, you know, weaker teams will beat better teams, but, you know. This is not the Seattle team that you think of Seattle now. You think of Seattle from the past decade. That's not what this team is right now. Their defense is a, 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 a far, far, far cry when it used to be. And again, even Russell Wilson isn't quite—not saying he's washed up, but that wasn't peak Russell Wilson. So, again, you know that the, I said this a couple of weeks back. The, the, the worst things that happened for the Giants this year, for Giant fans rather, for their perception of this team and their their. You know, wanting things to go f- more faster than they actually are is that the rest of the division sucked and we beat Seattle. <laughs> so everybody's kind of uh, you know, expectations were raised when they really shouldn't have been.
0: Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, Okay, maybe that win wasn't this uh, crown jewel that some people thought it was, but to me it was more a sign of, I think we've got something here you know what i mean we i think we've got a, a coaching staff that that has the ability to get the best out of its players i think we have a core group of players that you can do things with i think we made the right moves in in the offseason with free agency because those guys played out of their mind in that game, you know that that's what that's what that game really truly actually was. The way a lot of people reacted to it was, uh, this is our playoff run, which yeah we're, was not, we're not entirely
1: we're not just make the, but yeah there were they were people were saying we're not just going to make the playoffs, we're a playoff team, and you know neither were the case, but certainly not the latter um I you know something thinking that that might have kind of crystallized that yeah, we, I think we have a coaching staff that knows going on or in the right direction. Even with the losing streak, I never wavered off of that. Me either. Because... But
0: that that seemed like a, a real sledgehammer. You know what I mean? It was a, it was like just something you could pound the table and be like, "These are the guys." It just it was something you could point to that was concrete. It wasn't an, a a mixture of you know he's got the guys playing hard or look at what they're doing without Barkley or you know he's got them he's got them all in and sliding in the mud and you know whatever. It wasn't those stupid little things that you kind of had to glue together. This was a concrete game that you could point to and say this is something in place. And you know, even even bullshit media heads like Emmanuel Acho and and, and uh, what the fuck is his name? Mike Silver, uh, I don't know, I forget his name. Those guys even had to take a step back from their earlier takes and their hot takes. Some took it with a little better than others, but had to admit that that game was something. That was important.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, for this giant season, you know, for being a bad team, and you know they're they're not a good team yet. They're they're getting there, but they're still a bad team. There was really only two games this year where they were completely outclassed and were never in it, and it was just a shit show. You know, it was that San Francisco game, and it was the Cleveland game, and uh, that Baltimore uh, game was. I'm, I'm sorry, Baltimore, ba- Baltimore. Ba- I'm talking about Baltimore. Oh, my apologies, Bal- Baltimore. Those are two games where we were just never in it, and we just got our lunch handed to us and you know a couple other games where you know we were you know like the Arizona game for example the Cleveland game where it was just a poor performance but we were never like just never in it and to keep a team like that especially that started off 0-5 and 1-7 that's you know that's a sign of a coaching staff that's doesn't panic and people are still buying into so all of these things kind of happened you know to get into you know now we'll have a real off season. now we'll really start you know bringing in guys that are really fitting exactly what Joe just wants to do you know we can we're gonna have our defensive coordinator back we who knows if, if we're gonna have our offensive coordinator back but I'm guessing we will. So you have some continuity there. So I, I, I think you're going to see, you know, continued improvement. You know, we'll have all off season to talk about this. You know, I know we we're going to keep straying away from the playoffs to go back into Giants specific, but that's kind of what my point is for this whole thing.
0: Yeah, and and bringing things back into Giants world, Tampa Bay took care of Washington, uh, 31 to 23. Tampa Bay, to me, are bona fide pretenders at this point after struggling to pull away from an NFC Eves champ that they couldn't even be determined until the closing seconds of a game against a team that was actively trying to lose. Uh, to be fair, they got the job done and it is what it is, but I can't really fathom a way that they're going to go to New Orleans and beat Drew Brees and the Saints.
1: Well, i am going to two two points to counter that. One... May sound silly, but with Heineke as the uh, quarterback, it's a completely different team than played Philly the week before. Now, whether that's a one-hit wonder, that's to be determined. But he, you know, he played really well. And like I said, the, the two most important things are head coaching, quarterback, you know, and that makes that makes a difference. Now, I'm not going to give him a Scott Mitchell contract, you know, uh, certainly not, you know, off of one game. But that makes a difference. And two. The Bucks can win a shootout with anybody. So as long as you can score, I'm not so concerned about having a leaky defense like they do. I mean, they're going to play teams. They're going to score a lot, but they can score a lot too. And I'm – you know, New Orleans, they give up points also. I, I, I'm not so quick to give them the, the – even the pretender thing because I, I would not shock me at all if they get blown out next week or wouldn't shock me at all if they're playing in the Super Bowl. They can score. And um, – I think they are – they are what they are. (laughs) I don't think they're pretenders. I don't think they're underachievers or overachievers. I think this is kind of what we expected from them. I think they're overachieving it because I didn't think this – we saw the defense last year. It was horrible. And you know is it really any better personnel-wise than last year?
0: Uh, Well, I mean they they kept some of the guys that were departing. So I would have guessed that it would have gotten worse and it didn't. You know, it – for the amount of money they've spent, it's it's. I, I get it, I get it. You know, they're 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 doing their thing. You know, Tampa Bay to me, they, they've they've shown me nothing since the Giants game that they nearly lost, which might have been Daniel Jones' worst game of the year, by the way. Um, you know, I, I'm not believing in them. Whatever, if they go in there and they win in New Orleans, I'll I'll eat my shoe.
1: But what what's New Orleans? I mean. Are you are you really in love with New Orleans?
0: Uh, the Drew Brees injury scares me, but yeah, I mean the the way that offense is, they're going to carve Tampa Bay up. They're going to have to win a shootout. They don't have a yeah. choice.
1: Of course, that that's how they're built. I mean, that's you know that's that's kind of like I'll go back to my Florida analogies. I mean, that's the way we were built. Was it wasn't like we we're going to hold damn it to twenty four points. It was we're going to have to score fifty, and you know we. We did. The problem is Bama scored fifty-seven. So I mean, it's 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 going to be a shootout, and that's what they want to do. And you know, uh, Drew Brees to me proved to me you can throw downfield a lot. Pro- Prove to me you can beat this poorest secondary.
0: Yeah, I don't think he'll have a problem.
1: Yeah, we'll I, see. I mean, gonna,
0: they're gonna have to really get to him. And New Orleans has a really good offensive line. I mean, that's that's the thing. I I, I don't I, I don't know. Well, we'll I, I'm not that worried about that one. I, that might be a fun game to watch. New Orleans and Tampa, so. Um. Oh, I think it's gonna be really fun. I yeah. mean, my whole
1: point is, I just, um, uh, you know, and everybody knows that I don't like the Bucks at all. I hate them. You know, I have a personal grudge against them, and they're, you know, they're and stuff.
0: <laughs> I could care
1: less. No, but I'm saying, you know, my point is that I'm not. I'm defending it here a little bit that you know I think this team. You know, the way the league is now and the way these games are, you know, these games are going to be shootouts in the playoffs, you know, unless you're having, you know, crazy things like the Rams where, you know, a guy has no thumb or, you know, I, I would not be surprised. Like I said, I would not be surprised if they win a 45-42 game or if they lost 45-7. to I, I really
0: wouldn't either way. I mean, it's going to be fun just because it's a, it's a divisional matchup. So that's, Makes it interesting right off the bat. Um, Sure.
1: They beat them twice already, New Orleans, right?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, and how many times has a team won three times against a team?
0: I'm sure it's happened. I don't know. I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. Um, But more importantly, Washington now has had the misfortune of overachieving uh, without a quarterback. They have a $20 million one-legged quarterback albeit with a $10 million out next year, and really no other option in front of him. I don't, I, 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 whatever with Heineke. You know, he played well, but like you said, he he has no tape on him. I don't think Tampa Bay has a good defense, so whatever. You know, but hey, maybe, maybe Washington gets lucky and Trey Lance or Kyle Trask can be available at 19th overall and become much more than I expected them. As of this date, I haven't done enough work. Well,
1: first of all, we don't, I mean, what would you put at Alex Smith even coming back? I don't think it's anything more than 60-40. I mean, he certainly sounded like a guy that was really thinking about it. And usually when somebody's really thinking about it, they're pretty much done.
0: I don't I, think there's any pressure for him to make a decision right away.
1: Right. But, you know, I don't know. It's like verbal body language
0: to me. It's like, I just, I don't think that that organization is going to move forward assuming he's going to play week one anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, if he wants to be a $20 million backup, more power to him, you know what I mean? He can go out there and say his leg is hurting because I'm sure he hurts all fucking over anyway. Well, you, any heard, you heard you read about his calf, right? They, they, like, remove
1: part of his calf to kind of deal with the injury and deal with the uh,
0: yeah, he reconstruction of his died. Life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, exactly, which is why a calf strain has sidelined him so much because neither one of his calves is 100% a calf. Right. Um, so, it, I, I mean, that is that is the truth. So that's why a calf strain is going to sideline him for a long time. So, yeah, he might not even come back, but I mean, he may come back just to be a backup. I, who knows? But the, the point is that they are now in a situation where they're drafting very far down the line and they have no quarterback. And even if they do happen to get the most out of a Kyle Trask or a Trey Lance or whatever, um, that's not going to solve any of their problems in the secondary or the offensive line. So I don't really know. Washington, you know, really could have benefited from not playing as well this year. They really could have used a high pick. Of all the teams in the NFC East, they really could have used a high pick given their quarterback situation, and they don't have it. So that is a bummer for them. And uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, you
1: know something though. If that that could be a big bummer for them, but if this Heineken actually turns out to be something,
0: then it well, was all worth they, it. They, hit the <laughs> they But if anyone hits the jackpot ever, it's, well, but, but I mean? the
1: thing is, you wouldn't even you never would have known it if you didn't play this game, right? Yeah. I mean, it would have been like something if, let's say, Philly didn't tank and they actually won that game for some, whatever reason, and you know, we're never we would never mention his name ever, and. Their problems are more exacerbated. I mean, what, what were they drafted? What, what are the? What are we? Eleventh, mm-hmm. and what are they drafting now?
0: Who? Washington. Yeah. Nineteenth.
1: Nineteenth. I mean, eleven or nineteen. You're not getting that. You know, that sure short. Sure. You're not getting one of the couple of the elite quarterbacks that are out there. You're not getting oh, one I, of I didn't. Three. I
0: didn't mean that one game for them. Yeah. I I just mean as a whole. This year, they had the misfortune of overachieving without a quarterback of the future. I wouldn't have said that week one with Dwayne Haskins, I would not have... I, mean, I would... I'd never in a million years would have guessed that Dwayne Haskins would have flamed out as early as he has.
1: I mean, we we knew he was going to be a major project. We knew that he was in the middle of a bad situation last year. But this um, is still
0: unprecedented. This is, this
1: is shocking. This is really... This is Ryan Leaf bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, he wasn't the number two pick and it wasn't the decision to... you know. Well, I guess it wasn't their decision. It was... Uh, Indianapolis's decision. Oh yeah, yeah. But still, they weren't, uh, you know, crying the blues when they picked Peyton. They were like, "Good, we get Ryan Leaf. That's fine. We'll, we'll go from there."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, who knows with with Washington though? I mean, they're dumb enough to, you know, mortgage the future to trade up to get, you know, Justin Fields, for example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? I mean, they're just—they're not a stable organization. They. They generally don't make smart decisions. They generally don't have all their ships aligned together to, you know, what they want to do. And you know, that wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you know, the I mean, word from Daniel I, Snyder is "get." I want Justin me. Field.
0: That would still surprise me because that doesn't seem like a situation Ron Rivera would have got himself into. Ron Rivera was a coveted head coaching candidate. He chose Washington of those places. I have a feeling that he kind of said. I am in charge of football stuff. You be the owner. And, and yeah, I think that that, that works, will that works for differs. some amount of time.
1: But you know something? Remember, next year, <clears throat> we're hoping fans are back. Sure. We know Washington has lost you know thousands of season ticket holders. Um, we know that they are trying to start a public relations campaign that they could get a new stadium built on the site of RFK Stadium in D.C., not in Maryland. They need a face of that franchise really badly. And as good as Chase Young is, that doesn't sell tickets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, a a big-name quarterback who, you know, you know, that's what wows them. That's what generates ratings. You know, that's why Kansas City is always on TV in primetime. And that's why, you know, as soon as the Bucks, you know, they, they announce the playoffs, that's why. The Bucks are on Saturday night at 8 o'clock on the, on the NBC game because Tom Brady's the quarterback. So, you know, he's a fucker, that owner. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, whatever promises were made, you know, that goes all out the window and he has the perception he's the opportunity to do something like that.
0: That's true. Ravens-Titans. You know, I, I mean, I was pulling for Tennessee to to go far in this. I didn't even realize they were playing Baltimore when I made that decision internally, but... Mm -hmm. Every game I watch of Lamar Jackson just reminds me more and more of Cam Newton, and Hmm. it's a a different form of Cam Newton. In a good way or a bad way? um, Either. Uh, I'm still seeing with him the major mental lapses in throwing the ball. Not his ability to throw the ball, but just what he decides to do. His pick early on in that game, I have no idea what the hell he was doing. He's in a perfectly clean pocket, staring down a receiver, and threw right at the defender. I I don't I have no explanation for that, and I see it from him all the time. Um, he's not terrible. He's not even bad. I'm just saying. He, I, I'm still seeing that with him, and I, I remember thinking the same thing with Cam Newton. Like, sometimes, you know, he just does shit, and I'm like, why? And... He gets a lot of help from a really outstanding running game as a whole. Undoubtedly it's a, it's, he is a same big thing. part of that. It's but. the same
1: thing with Jameis Winston. I think it's these guys that they're relying on them to do so much for these offenses. You know, they they have all the ability in the world and the responsibilities on them and they have to create a lot of times something out of nothing mm-hmm. that, you know they're me, making they're but, gonna make bad decisions from time to time. And but, I think but, that's
0: but, just, both Both Newton and Jackson were such an integral part of a really good running game. In in Carolina, the entire running game scheme was, was magnificent, and Cam Newton was a big part of it, but he wasn't the only part of it. And Lamar Jackson is the exact same thing in Baltimore right now. But the thing to remember is, how is he going to fare without Greg Roman's offense if it ever comes to that? I mean, there's nothing to say that Greg Roman won't take a job elsewhere, you know, anywhere. I mean, it seems yeah. like at this point in his career, he is just comfortable being an offensive coordinator. But who knows? I mean, the dude moves around anyway. Um, and and how is he going to fare if Baltimore can't keep up with putting pieces around him? and Instead, they need to rely on him to do all the things himself with his arm and his legs, which is not what he's doing right now. I mean, he is he's a big part of the running game there, but he's not all of it. And that's why they're so successful. Um, it just... You know, I, I look at him and I wonder sometimes because you look at that game and it didn't really ever feel like Tennessee was going to win. But there's just like, you know, he scramble drill. He just takes off and he wins that one. But like without the scramble, they really weren't having a good time. Baltimore. This was not a blowout. It was no. just really the only reason I didn't feel Tennessee was ever going to win this game is because Derrick Henry couldn't get anything going in that game. It was well, I think really they did. A defensive thing.
1: Well, that was just I again. I think Harbaugh. I think he's a great coach, and I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. And I know he's won a Super Bowl, but hmm. when you ask the average football fan, who's the four best coaches in football? How many people do you think put him on the list?
0: The average football fan? Probably yeah. zero.
1: Right, right. I mean, I, I, you know, Derek Henry is one of the most dangerous people in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, the, the way the games are, you know, coaches, team. Tend to get more conservative and i want to talk about that a little later um and like he single handedly brought that team to the, the conference championship last year mm-hmm. oh, definitely. and and you know they scheme perfectly for him it's not that he had a bad day because you know he's not like a quarterback who's just you know inaccurate one day or you know a, a, a somebody in baseball who just strikes out four times he just didn't have his day i mean they they shut him down and you know that's why that game was won.
0: Well, okay, so I'm not trying to detract away from Harbaugh or anything like that because I I agree with you. I think Harbaugh is up there as you know some of the one of the best coaches in the league. But you know how much do you attribute to Martindale for that one? Because Martindale is another person who is a legitimate head coaching candidate that has well, I a mean, it's, pretty good yeah, defense. You know, right? It's I mean, kind you know, of his I've, task to figure that shit out.
1: True, but I mean, just just in general, I just think of you know is Baltimore. They very rarely get you know blown out of games. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know I know they did last year in the playoffs, but you know they they hardly ever suck as a team. They, when was the last time they had a really no, bad? Year? I agree with you. Yes, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, see,
0: I'm speaking specifically about yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean
1: you know it's just like the guy's a great coach, and I don't think he gets the respect that he truly deserves. I mean I think you know football people know how good he is, but I, I don't think that, you know, he's on that level of where he should be getting the credit.
0: Yeah, I mean most of the guys that get credit are, are the Belichick, you know, yeah, maybe Arians or something like that, and then Andy Reid and then whoever's hottest at the moment, McVeigh, Andy Reid is is caught at the moment. Nobody would have right, said would you, anything about Andy Reid when he was in Philly.
1: Hey, if you're starting a team right now, do you want Andy Reid or do you want Harbaugh?
0: I mean, I, I would always pick uh, Harbaugh over Andy Reid. Uh, of course, me too. <laughs> but yeah. not, that's not to say Andy Reed's not a good coach. I'm not saying he's. Not I
1: didn't a good say coach. that, but yeah. I'm saying if who, who would I want? But I mean, the, the fact that you know, most people, I I think a lot of well, not most, you like again, the average football fan, I think, would say Andy Reid, no brainer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think right? I would Agree with you there. And yeah. forgetting forgetting the years of mediocrity he had in Philadelphia that led to his. I mean. And all the the pounding that we give Philadelphia and their fans and whatever, he survived a long time of.
1: Uh, well, let's not try let, there. Let's not say um, mediocrity. Just kind of, there are coaches that take you to a certain level, and then there's coaches need to take you to the next level. And the best example is uh, Tony Dungy with the Bucks. Tony Dungy with the Bucks was always going to be a team that goes ten and six. Probably get to the second round of the playoffs, maybe get to the conference championship, but we'll never go to that next level. They they smoked him. I believe it was the year they went to the conference finals and they fired him and brought in Gruden, and Gruden had you know taken over the top. And so, but that doesn't mean that Dungey was a bad coach. You know, it doesn't mean the Bucks were mediocre. It's just that's as far as they got. And I think Andy Reid was a that's as far as he got. And then Andy Reid. You know, uh, uh, Dungy had Peyton Manning, and he, you know, an an all-timer quarterback, took him over the top. And then Andy Reid gets Pat Mahomes, who's on track to be an all-timer. You know, coaching quarterback; those are the two biggest things, and you have them both. You're in pretty good shape
0: going forward. Saints and Bears. This was probably the most boring game I, and I would have guessed it too. and all I really got out of this that the Bears so desperately need an actual quarterback. They don't need a Nick Foles. They need a real quarterback. They and not not anything to Nick Foles, but it's been several years now, and he's not he's not a first round draft pick kind of guy. He just he's never going to elevate them. You know what I mean? He's he's just not. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do anything about it because they've had
1: this problem for sixty years. They've yeah. never had a good quarterback. They've had, even Jim McMahon is a kind of a myth more than he was
0: actually really good. I mean, he was he was a tough guy. I'll give him. He's that. a
1: tough guy, but he was you know
0: he was, was not. He, he's yeah. Was I he
1: ever one of the five best quarterbacks in the league?
0: No, no. I don't think anyone would argue that either. He was right. He was a perfect fit for what they were trying to do, but he was not a guy who was going to put an entire offense on his back and. You know, oh, that's not I the mean, way they were built. They were built not on at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, adding insult to injury, the fact that you need a quarterback, which is one of the worst things you could need when you uh, make it to the playoffs, I guess. But uh, they're not even in a good cap situation, and they're picking 20th. Um, and to top it all off, it looks like Allen Robinson is all but gone. Um, they It's just like problems are falling on top of problems for them at this point.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Allen uh, Robinson a little later as well. Yeah. There's a little news on that coming up.
0: Is there? Um, and then uh, the last game, pff, I don't even know what to describe the Brown Steelers game. I mean... that's
1: the most boring game of the night because it, it was just it was a non-contest.
0: I mean, until the end. I, I truly didn't know. I, I assume this is where you want to talk about teams getting completely conservative because Cleveland just... I mean, they were just three and outing every other every every series for like two quarters. They they absolutely let Ben Roethlisberger, who basically went out on the field in a wheelchair, throw all over them and get right back within two touchdowns of them for for the next two quarters. I mean, for the whole half, they were right behind them. Uh, I, I, I don't mean, know how that happened.
1: I mean, football is about momentum and it's about you know you can have two evenly matched teams and all of a sudden right out of the gate, first play of a turnover team scores, another thing happens and it's all of a sudden you're kind of scrapping a lot of the things you prepared for and you're starting to chase and things get out of hand. So, I mean, if that game is played 10 times, you know, that result is not happening again, most likely. Now, you know, Pittsburgh is not the same team they were after week 11 and Cleveland's been playing well lately. And, you know, that's probably, you know, that's probably a nice matchup for Cleveland. Knowing and, you know, again, I don't, I don't need to hear two things anymore. Please, I don't need to hear that the Bills have passionate fans who've been suffering, and I don't need to hear any more of this. How Cleve, Cleveland's been suffering so badly, and you know, enough. I mean, it, it, they're they're tired storylines. It's it's insulting to other fan bases that have good fans also. I mean, it's just—it's just such tired nonsense. And also, both of those teams celebrated like they won the Super Bowl. If you saw right after the game was over, I mean, just because you won a playoff game doesn't mean you won the Super Bowl, and doesn't mean. You know, I'm curious to see what happens next week if how it's, you know, if just getting over a hump of winning. when, again, most of these guys weren't around for fifty, sixty years for you know, last time these teams won anything. Um, I think like
0: Cleveland is rolling into the meat grinder going up against Kansas City, but. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield, where do you stand with him?
0: Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. I, I think yeah. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's in a good system for him. I, You know, the sophomore slump is a thing that happens all the time, and, and I don't know if it's just now or if it's always been this way and I've only noticed it now, but this like overreaction to things is just crazy. I, I always expect guys to have a sophomore slump. I expect it from every player at every position. Um, I don't expect them to, quote-unquote, take the leap overall. I expect them to take the leap in certain things, certain areas that needed improvement or something like that, but especially quarterbacks and skill position players. I expect there to be film on them that makes them just not as effective as you would have expected. Everyone wants to... Just kind of take their production from year one, add ten to it, and say that's what year two is going to be. And I never expect that. And that's kind of what happened to Baker Mayfield. And people were like, "See, he told you he was a bust, or whatever." I don't know. I think he's pretty good, and yeah, the, he's in a me, much better offense now. He looked really good. So,
1: yeah, I mean, to me, Baker Mayfield is kind of a something that Giant fans should think about when talking about Daniel Jones. It's mm-hmm. you know, you don't make the decision if the guy is a bust or not, or you should get rid of him or not. We year one, year two, year three I mean to me when you have a a quarterback on a rookie uh, contract, that's how long you take to evaluate the guy because sure yeah. the, the the cost i mean you you are getting you're getting a rental before you have to buy basically because a good quarterback costs a lot of money, and you know it takes a long time in this league and it's there's a very good chance next year Daniel Jones is going to have his third defense uh, offensive coordinator in three years, and that slows down your development, and just because you don't come right out of the gates looking like a Joe Burrow or you know um, Justin Herbert or you know that, that doesn't mean that it, all hope is lost, and you're not going to be the man. We are uh, we're anticipating and we're expecting that the skill position players around Daniel Jones will be better next year. We're expecting the offensive line, you know, we'll have another offseason to be together and make some improvements on the right side. We'll have a better line of script, um, offensive line to, to work with. We're expecting Saquon Barkley back. These are all these different things that all should elevate his play regardless of how he's developing as well. So... It's, to me, it's just a cautionary tale of like, see a guy like Baker Mayfield who didn't run out of the gate and press the whole universe, but he makes some throws, and he – it's not that he has a cannon. He just has like a
0: whip for an arm. It's like a laser. Yeah. He fires lasers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and oh, by and, the way, Yep. no Beckham
0: in that yeah. offense. Yeah, no Beckham in that offense For for most of the year. He tore his ACL fairly early on. Was that like week five, week six, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Um, and you made a mention of something that um, Daniel Jones might have his third offensive coordinator in three years. Yes, but big news. Was, the biggest news for the Giants this week was John Mara got the checkbook out. Um, you know, there was very quickly Patrick Graham was slated – to have interviews with the Los Angeles Chargers. And before he even made it to the plane, John Mara made sure that Patrick Graham stayed with the New York Giants. And the only way I can assume that he decided to stay uh, was that there was money changing hands saying, please, please stay with us. We really want you here. I mean, right? Is there any other explanation?
1: Yeah. I mean, even if he's here one more year, I mean, that's just one more year. And, you know, the best thing you can have for coaching staff is continuality and, you know, players being – you don't have to spend the entire offseason learning new terminology. You know, even if it's we run a very similar system to this coach, everything has changes.
0: Everything changes.
1: You can go from year one to year two with a pretty young uh, defense, you know, young secondary guys trying to figure things out still. Any less time – because again, who knows what this off is going to be like? You know, it might be COVID part two, and they may not be in the room together that much. I mean, I am cautiously optimistic it'll be better than it was last last summer, but you never know. And having a guy back that was successful, you know, given the talent that he had, it's just uh, even if it's one more year, it's you know, you can't. Assistant coaches, you can't assume they're going to be around. I think you know, people fall in love with it, especially in the college level too. It's like, oh, you know, we got this guy. It's going to be awesome. It's like you know, if they're good, they're not hanging around. If they're really good, they're going to get paid coaching jobs. They're not staying. It's just you want to make sure. If you can get them for three, four years together, that's, that's good enough. So let's see what happens next year. You know, if this defense continues to be on the
0: uptick. You
1: know, it'll probably be snatched up somewhere. But going to twenty twenty one, fine with me.
0: Yeah, you know, hopefully, um, I mean, guys like this, you know, they're gonna try their hand at a head coaching job. He definitely wants one. He was an interim head coach. He tried to keep the head coaching job in Miami. He didn't get it. You know, he was gonna take this interview. He's gonna he's gonna be a head coach one day. Whether he'll be good at it or not, I have no idea. There's no way to really know that. But the best coordinators are either up-and-comers that you just have the foresight to have to have found or they're guys who have flamed out as head coaches. They know their time is head- – they're just not good head coaches. They're better at being coordinators. They know it themselves and they take the best position that they can. They work with a head coach that will work with them and let them do their thing. And, and that's just a matter of timing really.
1: The only problem with those guys is they have to understand – I am a coordinator because it, sometimes it takes three or four, you know, jumps back to be a head coach and fail before they stick and say, this is what I am. This is what I do. Wade Phillips is, you know, the example and Norv Turner, another great example where, you know, but they you think
0: both of those are guys are done with their head coaching stints. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, but it, it took them you know, three other times to go back before they, you know, flamed out again. And then they come back, uh, you know, you know, Jason Garrett, we all know is going to be a head coach again. And the question becomes, how long do you have him? You know, that's, I said that the day they hired him, it's like, how long will we stay? Because once you, you know, once you get that taste, I mean, once you pick up a beautiful girl and you, you know, hook up with a 10, it's hard to go back to a six and going from a head coach back to a, a coordinator job. And I don't care if it's, you know, you know, being the the uh, defensive coordinator for Alabama or the Dallas Cowboys or whoever, which you think are marquee jobs and they pay a lot and whatever, it's not the same as being a head coach, and it isn't. And sometimes these guys, it, it sometimes they have to get it beaten out of them that they are not head coaches. They think they are, but they're not.
0: So. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. I wouldn't argue that. But I'm just saying when it comes to coordinators, you're either getting a guy you know is going to leave or you just get the timing right where you hit a guy who realizes he's a coordinator and not a head coach and you just happen to get him then. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's either timing or absolutely a wonderful shot in the dark that you just happen to land on. You know, hey, just, this,
1: this time last year, people were like, why did we get Patrick Graham? Mm-hmm. I mean – I was one of them. Why did Miami just let him go? Their defense was eh. You know, situation. Time and place. It means everything.
0: Um, moving forward, the the next biggest thing I would say is uh, the Eagles have fired Doug Peterson. Um, this is so interesting to me on so many levels because, A, I've always found this man to be an idiot. Uh, who, you know, understandably he's stayed there because he's – won them a Super Bowl. It's hard to it's hard to fire somebody who does that. But, um, you know, he's done nothing in-game that looks right. He's mismanaged the team. They are now... This this job opening is the most bizarre thing to me. I don't know how bad you have to want to be a head coach to... Okay, I get you get the six overall... Watch Heck, it. Come on now. <laughs> There's only 32 of them. I get that. What Every coaching is, job that. is country. I get that. But you have to be in a situation where you know... That you were you were inheriting a fucking problem. You, you know what I mean? This this is like you have cap hell. This is cap hell that filled it. Philadelphia had bankrolled themselves to be contenders with the expectation, like everybody else did, that the cap was going to go up. Well, shit. There's a pandemic now. The now the cap went down, and. You had yourself up against a theoretical wall. Now, I know that you can manipulate the cap, but there's no way you're telling me that they're going to manipulate $75 million and still put a competitive team on the field. Oh, and by the way, you have a quarterback controversy on your hands. You have a second-round pick that might be okay, and you have a first-round pick, second overall, who is pretty good but takes all the blame for an offense being bad when the entire offensive line was hurt. Now you have to figure out how to make either one of them work or draft a new one – while hemorrhaging $75 million worth of talent.
1: You also have a third-string quarterback who got a good look in the fourth quarter of week 17. Very important,
0: yeah. That's right. He, he truly showed you that he could play peewee football. Exactly. But, yeah. I, I mean, I, I understand that people are going to want this job. Other people who know they have a shot at had a coaching job, they'll fucking wait. I don't understand. We're, I will be stunned. I'm seeing rumors that Lincoln Riley might go there. Why the fuck would Lincoln Riley leave what he's got going on for him to come there and inherit that? He's had we we've heard head coaching rumors in the NFL for him for years. He will have a shot. Urban Meyer too. Why would Urban Meyer go there? I mean, really, those guys can get NFL head coaching he's a, jobs. He's a bastard. That's why. And just to fuck with you.
1: Yeah. No. No. I mean, you are gonna see. Somebody take this job that someone exactly we were just talking about five minutes ago, mm. somebody who should be a coordinator but thinks they're a head coach, and nobody worth their salt would hire this guy and contra- you know on the other side of the coin it's a job that no good coach would want, so that's where you'll see a Jack del Rio type mm. guy who it's like. This is going to be his third time around the block. He's a good coordinator wherever he is, offensive or defensive. But defensive, yeah. that's the guy who is going to get that job. It's not. It's not a a, a marquee. I mean, it's a marquee
0: job in normal situations. But guys, guys, guys who are going to get this look, they'll just wait a fucking year. You know, what I mean, Mike McCarthy sat out for some time to take a job that he would really, truly want. You know what I mean? Like. Exactly.
1: I mean this is not this is not a somebody who
0: again I honestly think seriously speaking 2021 Philadelphia is in the worst possible position you could ever imagine. I mean I'm trying to think of a worse situation to be in. They're not quite rebuilding. I mean what
1: I don't even know. Well, I guess the only the only thing it could be worse is like Jalen Hurts is not he has potential to be pretty decent in this league. So you have – You have
0: – Well, I mean Carson you know, Wentz is still good.
1: Right. I mean the, you sort out – you make the right decision with one of those two guys and at least you have a quarterback. We're not saying – we're not saying we have Patrick Mahomes here. We're saying you have a quarterback. So it could be a worse situation, but everything the – building the pieces around, it's going to take a very long time.
0: I have no idea how, how any quarterback I, I, – paid Manning, I don't care. I don't know how you get them to be competitive with what they're going to have to put on the field. I don't know how you manage being over the cap $75 million.
1: Well, also if you're hiring – remember this too. If you are hiring you know, a coach and the plan is the, – the plan is not for 2021 and that's it. The plan when you hire somebody, if they're True. going big like an Urban Meyer or something, the plan is we're going to rebuild this thing and we're going to give you a a long leash and a lot of latitude for it. And, you know, you're in cap hell, but cap hell usually works itself out pretty in quickly.
0: Yeah, in, in yeah, about a year. It, it, well, I mean, this is this is absolute. This is like the seventh circle right here. I mean, right. This is really bad.
1: But we're not going to um, be talking about this same problem in 2024. I mean, well, by yeah, that, I mean
0: should... Actually, you know, I'm going to list off the guys who are going to be a cap hit of $10 million or more going into this. And I'll start at the bottom. And you can tell me wh- whether they're worth the- If there's something you'd build a team around or not. Right. Derek Barnett. I think we can agree that somebody you would pay some money to to stay on your team. Pretty young yeah. guy, right? Yeah. Deshaun Jackson, cut him. Let him go.
1: No purpose. No, no point. No purpose.
0: I, I, I get he's got a $5 million dead cap, but this season's lost. Fuck him. Yeah. Zach Ertz. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll pay him $12 million, Yeah, I guess. Uh, Malik Jackson, let him go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know, I know the dead cap again—twelve million dollars. Maybe he's got I mean, to. But... I mean, this
1: is—I mean, this is the, basically the same decisions and the same kind of like let him go that the Giants did, right? I yes. mean, it was just like you know, getting rid of guys. It's like, well, I wouldn't normally get rid of them, but here's where we are right now. What's the point? I mean, if the Eagles are—that's honest... when they
0: fired their general manager too, though.
1: Well, here's the thing: the Eagles have to be honest with themselves and say, we are starting over, and again. The second you do that, the second your it begins. The second it's over, and we have talked ad nauseum about how the Giants try to play at both ends, and it doesn't yep. work that way. So, you know, if the Eagles are ready to commit to, we are starting over right now. They will bite the bullet for the next two years or so, you know, and be god awful. They'll bottom out. They'll come out of the the other side with you know. With picks and money, you know, and maybe, you know, Hurts or um, and, uh, Carson Wentz are the quarterback and they just, you know, they don't get him killed in an offensive line. And away we go. Probably, so in that case, they probably will make the decision, you know, to go with hurt her, uh, Hurts because just the money. You know, just take that hit and, and lose Wentz
0: and, you know. It's gonna be six. interesting to see who wants to make a play for uh, Carson Wentz because, you know, as we went through these playoff teams where I said, Yeah, they just need a better situation at quarterback. I mean, Indianapolis, they have assets to give Philadelphia that they would want. They have draft picks. You know what I mean? Sure. What about Chicago? Chicago's another one. I mean, I they don't really have the same kind of assets Indy does, but um But do they sure, have the, Chicago's another but, one.
1: But I think the biggest thing really for Philly, I don't think they're as concerned as much about the assets. They are just Dumping the contract, right?
0: I think. I mean, it's a seller's market, right? You're gonna be concerned for with both until you can't get both. Yeah. So, um, that's that. Eagles are e- the Eagles are our poverty franchise right now. It looks like going into next year. I, I mean, I I'm not a capologist. I'm not a professional evaluator of talent. I'm just I've just been watching this for years. And I don't know how you do this without admitting you're tearing it all down. So, um, The last thing of note is um, the Cowboys fired Mike Nolan, uh, defensive coordinator. And uh, I really, truly – I don't know what he did wrong. I mean I know that the defense was bad, but can you list five impact players on that defense of any level of impact?
1: No, oh, it, it's – you know it's just not fair i mean i said this before the off season even ended that i don't know how you fire any head coaches or any coordinators this year unless it was just neglect or just something where they just had to go because you know there's like all that mutiny in a locker room uh, you know how does a first year coordinator come in without having an off season having a chance to really implement your defense or your offense with, you know, again, I've said this on the show a few times. When I was in Dallas for the World Series, you know, sports radio kept saying, this is the worst talent this defense has ever had in franchise history. So if it's the worst talent you've ever had, you don't have a, you have a coordinator who hasn't a chance to implement what he wants to do fully. He's the scapegoat. Seems like he got screwed.
0: I mean, we're talking about. A team that has no talent on defense, and uh, quite frankly, a dimwit as a head coach, right? Uh, and then on top of that, they lose uh, their quarterback, so their offense is now hampered as well. That puts even a, more pressure on a bad defense. I mean,
1: and they have a bigger dimwit who's the GM slash owner.
0: Well, there you go. That's the whole heart and soul of the problem. Why Dallas hasn't been jack shit since the nineties? And uh, you know, it is what it is. But you know, I made the analogy of. You know, it's it's like giving what did I say? Jeff Gordon a Chevy Nova, and then yeah, yeah, I firing know him, <laughs> firing I love him you, because instead of winning the Indy 500, the car blew up.
1: Yeah, I, I love how you're mixing analogies with different uh, <laughs> Daytona, like a, NASCAR versus Indy. It was it was
0: it was good effort. Oh, is, is there a difference? I don't fucking know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you I, be... I, I don't watch racing, but you get the point. I, I right. mean it's just. How he is the he's the reason that Dallas didn't do well. I mean, I, I can only assume that this was a conversation with Mike McCarthy where he fucking ratted him out He just yeah. didn't stand up for him. I mean, right. that is the only way I, I feel like Jerry leads him to that conclusion like do you think it's Mike? Do you think do you think we need to make a change there? And McCarthy's sitting there like shit. I don't want it to be Jerry, on me. You know,
1: yeah. you know, they talk about the giants that are too like You know within the walls no within the walls like you know oh these this guy is a giant he had you know they want to bring in this coach because they're worse i mean i mean jerry jones is he's a very loyal guy for you know he jason garrett should have been fired two years earlier and he kept him on you know uh Mike McCarthy, I think he always wanted Mike McCarthy as the coach. And he's going to be loyal to him to a fault. and He'll be there a lot longer than he deserves to be. So if Mike McCarthy puts in his ear that, you know, this guy's not it, you know, say no more. He won't be with them anymore. But it's not fair to
0: Mike Nolan. No. And you know what? Mike Nolan's a good defensive coordinator. And uh, he'll, he'll be – you know, honestly, that was – I was more afraid of that hire than I was of Mike McCarthy over there. I mean yeah. I knew that they had they had skill position players that Mike McCarthy could utilize and use but in-game decisions McCarthy is just stupid and I don't get it and uh, you know I really think that he held Green Bay back from winning more um in his time there and uh but Mike Nolan I was actually like ah shit you know they, they, well, they I figured like it out. They got, they got a good defensive coordinator to help them where they have no talent and instead they just fired him.
1: Well, my thing Maybe with him was my thing with him was is was kind of like the, you know, he was a head coach. If he has any success, he's going to get another job as a head coach. So I didn't think I didn't think he'd be a long-termer in the job. I just didn't expect it to be the opposite way.
0: Hmm. Well, I because, didn't think it would only be one year also, whether yeah. it's success or no success. I well, I, I he'd be I, there for 2-3 years.
1: I didn't think it would be success because, you know, again, the roster is not good. So I and expect all of a sudden this to be a great a uh, great defense, um, but yeah, I, I thought at some point that if they they did show, if they were above their skis with with the defense based on the talent, I thought he'd get another head coaching job somewhere, pretty quickly. Although it was quite a while ago that he was head coach, right?
0: Oh yeah, I mean two thousand eight. Yeah, a long time ago. I think he'll get another defensive coordinator job and maybe he'll be able to turn that into something a little bit more important.
1: You know something? I think his pathway if he was going to be a head coach again was to be successful with Dallas, a high profile job. He could be a head coach in college. It's hard. It is really hard for coaches in the NFL to jump down to college because, you know, especially starting right off the bat as a head coach, because you just don't have those recruiting ties and recruiting means everything. And, he's not a head coach in college at 61. That's not happening because, you know, in college, you know, most successful head coaches have gone through the ranks. They started as a GA and they become, you know, a position coach and maybe a coordinator. But the thing is all the while they're on the recruiting trail and they're building relationships with high school coaches and they're going through, you know, cycles and cycles of players. When You bring in a guy like Mike Nolan and say, okay, now he's going to become the head coach or like, Lovey Smith, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, after he gets fired by the Bucks, becomes the head coach of Illinois. It's like, okay, he hasn't been in the college game in God knows how long. He has to start from scratch. He has to start from scratch with his building a staff. He has to start from scratch hitting the, the recruiting trail. Not easy and very rarely works. I mean, Nick Saban doesn't count because— I was thinking
0: something along the—I mean, I don't want to put Illinois down as a football program because they are Big Ten. But, like, one of those second-tier teams in a Power 5 conference usually goes for things like that. Not usually, but I could see it. You know what I mean? I could see Illinois or—I don't fucking know. Give me another second-tier Arkansas. South Carolina. South Carolina, yeah. Right. Teams like that, I could see Utah even. Maybe Utah State, um, and yeah, but
1: again, right? But they're 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 gonna they'll have a certain level of success, but they're never gonna. You bring in a guy a name like an NFL head coach. Your expectation is, I'm gonna go try to win my conference. I'm gonna try to get into the playoff, and it just doesn't work that way because you are just so behind the eight ball in recruiting, and these these colleges don't get it.
0: I mean, Lovey Smith is an Illinois alum, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think that's kind of what facilitated that. Which,
1: which, which, which means dick to an
0: 18-year-old kid who doesn't know. No, I, no, no. I, but it, 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 I can understand the attraction to him as a head coach. Right. Right. There, he's already got ties in the organization, and he's probably spent some money there or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Right. I mean?
1: Right. But again, though, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, when you no, when you walk into a high you walk into a high school and you talk to the coach, and it's like, oh yeah doesn't know you and it's all about (laughs) it's relationships and it doesn't matter
0: yeah I
1: understand Uh, last thing I want to talk to you about really quick before we go I know we're running a little long here Um, what is your position and we saw it it rear its head a couple times this week also team is up by four two minutes left two and a half minutes left other team has no timeouts fourth and one on the uh, thirty-five yard line, Who's you go for My it? own thirty-five. Yeah. Uh, no, the other teams. Other teams. Yeah, where you're kind of like maybe out of field goal range, or on the edge of field goal range, or you know going for it. What is your...
0: I mean, everything is going to... There's no generalities here. It depends on my roster. It depends on my quarterback. It depends on injury situation. And it, of course, more than anything, even if I know all those things, it depends on how my offense is playing that game. If we have shown that we can get them on uh, one yard every time, or, or if we've just been able to pound the rock right up the middle with an RPO, say with Daniel Jones, right? If we have... Daniel Jones at quarterback, and we've just been consistently running between the tackles with Wayne Gallman the whole time, right? Mm. I might run a quarterback keeper on that one, just a an RPO, but that's just designed for Jones to keep it because they're going to be coming down hard on that handoff, right? That's so, when you th- that's when you flip the switch on them. But everything is going to depend on the situation. As a generality, you know, I'm. It's hard. If my offense is playing well, I'm gonna bank on my offense. If my defense is playing well, then maybe I'll bank on my defense. It, it it's just it's so game specific for me. If if even if all my investments are in my offense, but they're just playing like shit today, I'm not gonna suddenly bet on them to do it. They haven't been doing it all game. I know it's not you know it's a little tough to
1: have everything generally equal, mm. but like, here's the thing: fourth and one. You know, the the average um, the average conversion rate is like 70%. Yeah. You
0: know,
1: and I am generally, you know, my philosophy has always been I want to make the other team as hard as possible for them to score. And to me, I'm always like, well, what if you don't make it? What if you're one of the 30% you do? Um, I'd rather have the other team, I'd rather have them work harder to score than give them the opportunity and I was doing some research this weekend um I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Will Miles he, he does a Gator podcast and he's very analytical does some outstanding work breaking things down and he um we were chatting about you know because I wanted his opinion on this and his philosophy is always you know coaches tend to fear the what if mm-hmm much more than they need to than the numbers actually bear out. Like exactly what my problem was where I say, well, I'm more concerned about, you know, well, what if you don't make it? And they, you know, giving them an easier opportunity. That's not what the numbers draw out because really your, your probability of scoring a touchdown going 60 yards versus 80 yards is not that much of a difference, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know? So it's kind of like you have this fear, but it's really not. So, you know, my thought always was in that situation, I would most likely would punt and say, pin them, make it harder. But that's not really the case. Numbers don't really bear it out. Well, here's really- the other
0: thing. You're, you're doing a what if situation on punting, but, you, but what if your punt doesn't pin them? I mean, really, you're looking at a, if you start the 35 yard line, what you're talking about is a possibility of a 15 yard fucking punt. Right. But then I, then mean, I always- that, that is a critical, critical error that could happen.
1: Right, but I'm also looking at it, we're talking like if there's, you know, a minute and a half left or two minutes left or fifteen yards, that's at least, you know, most likely a play.
0: You know, because there's a play or two plays. Right. So you're, you're yeah.
1: so you're talking like that could be potentially 30, 40 seconds to make up that fifteen yards. So to me, that's still harder for them to do what they have to do. But mm-hmm. the whole point of this whole thing is that, you know, just looking at the numbers that I suffer from what I think a lot of coaches suffer. It's that, you know, the what the fear, if yeah. what if you don't that fear and you know the more his point Will's point and I kind of agree with him is that as we get more and more with younger coaches and more coaches who are looking at analytics and looking at the quote unquote the chart you're going to see a shift in the way football is coached where you're going to see more and more going for it on fourth down regardless you know fourth and 1
0: I mean, okay. I, the 35-yard line is an egregious spot to punt, in my opinion. You know, it, fourth and one, for fourth and one, I'm, I'm probably going for it a hundred times. What about the 45-yard line? Well, what I was going to say is I might even go for it on fourth and three there, fourth and four. I mean, again, this all depends on how my offense is dealing at this point throughout the game. You know, make them stop me. If they, if they haven't really been able to stop me all fucking game, I get a fourth shot to do this. You know, I can do that. Um but, so you, you know, so you're
1: you're a little more of the you know, it's not just the uh not just the chart, but it's just how am I doing?
0: Dude, I am I am I love analytics. I think it opens up so much stuff that, that has gone unnoticed or has just been gut feeling or just been quote unquote the rules of how you play the game. Um but to me there is no chart. There is situ I mean if you've lucked your way down to the 35-yard line because – if you got to the 35-yard line because you on on three plays, you three and outed in your own end on at a, the a 20-yard line or whatever and then you know your punter got roughed so you got another shot at it and then you broke off a huge run to get down there and then you went three and out again, is your offense really doing anything or did you just happen to get there? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Maybe then I'm not banking on myself to get a fucking yard. So everything remains in in the parenthetical of context. Well, always, that's why that's me.
1: why there always will be coaches because there's always going to be that extra element of putting the numbers in context. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there's you know the the chart is the chart for when do I go for two? You know, it's it's based on the scenarios and everything. Well, sure, yeah, right. But for things like this where there is no real chart it's still too much on feel and not only on feel but also on fear and i think that you're going to see more and more as we get you know five ten years down the line there's gonna be less of a worrying about fear and more about trusting percentages and odds and likelihoods of things so i think that makes the game more interesting honestly i love it fourth and ones are exciting you know instead of you know just you know, kicking the field goal or just playing a defensive way, just a scared way to play. So, listen, and, I'm just curious, and, just curious, and, what your thoughts were?
0: Not, not that it adds anything to the context, but I'm in no way am I punting from the thirty-five period. I mean, if if I decide that I'm going to punt, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm putting my offense out there, I'm rushing them to the line and hard counting to try and get it for free. Well, that's another and thing I'll, too. I'll take, I'll take the delay of game and I'll punt from the forty.
1: Right. Oh, exactly. And that's another thing I think that and we see this with too many coaches and we talked about it with the Giants and everywhere. It's just like... you are never ready a, for the fake. Think, well, think a play ahead. You know,
0: That's if, what I'm if, saying. If the, it's third and one the team, and you're the not going to get it... The Giants never seemed prepared to call that. They were like, get in the huddle and then go up there and then they had this awfully unrehearsed version of a hard count where the center doesn't have his hand on the ball when we're hard counting. Right. And or it just was even, just pathetic. Or,
1: or even just like a, in, in your back pocket, the, okay, if we don't get on third down on fourth down, get to the line real quick. I'm going to hike it real quick and,
0: you know, it's just, QB sneak it or, or get up there and just scream real loud. Make somebody jump.
1: You're talking one yard, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. just like, it's so easy to, you have the advantage if you just have, you know, you know what you're doing before they know what you're doing and just do it. And I just don't understand why we don't ever do that. And most teams don't ever do that.
0: You know what? It pisses me off a little bit because. We have shown this year and we're gonna to get to this. Sorry, this is this is gonna close out the, the podcast, but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into playoffs and then news as it happens and then we'll go once the Super Bowl happens or maybe the week before, we'll get into true off season stuff where we grade the team, you know, and all that other stuff. So whatever. But one of the things that we will talk about is how great Nick Gates turned out to be. I mean, I, I couldn't have been more wrong. I thought he was going to be a complete bust at center. And he was arguably the most consistent and could maybe have been the best offensive lineman we had all year. Um, so we have a great a great center, and we showed that Shane Lemieux was a really good run blocker, if nothing else. Run to the fucking line and get tell Daniel Jones to get as low as possible and run between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Just, Just practice that. You figured this out already. Those two are really good at hitting people. Run to the line, tell them to get low and get behind those two guys, and just push. You can get one yard, and I, I you know, that, that that frustrates me because that's an easy one to practice. You don't even need a fucking script. It's just we're going with the play. If we don't make it, you know. I hear you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's gonna do it for this episode. This was our first weekend wrap up from uh, the playoffs. This was a lot of fun. This was a good weekend. I'm hoping for some more good football next weekend, as the you know some of the weaker teams have been weeded out.
1: <clears throat> this is today? traditionally this is traditionally my favorite uh, football weekend of the year in the NFL because these are usually you know these are the, the the best the best eight teams are playing this week. The teams that deserve to be here. The
0: you know, divisional round is your favorite. Yeah. Oh, the conference
1: round is my favorite. That those are just two games, and that's it. I mean, I also like the possibilities of because you also have that added. Well, you know, we're shaping up for next week. How are these two going to match up? And you know, you you have double that. To me, it's just like it's kind of, you know, you have two games and off to the Super Bowl. Like the season's kind of over when you get to the Super Bowl. It's just, you know, it's not even like a. It's you know, obviously the championship, but
0: a lot of the drama and stuff is over. Now you're just well yeah, so that's the, my two favorite weekends are the one that just passed because that's usually when we see an upset or something really cool happens. You know, we see a team sneak by and they don't just sneak or like Tennessee where they just like, Holy shit, this team they won. You know, this 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 can holy shit,
1: holy shit, the Rams won with a co- quarterback with nine fingers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean we that's usually a fun one. And then for me, conference championship, every year I think there's a conference game that was more exciting than the Super Bowl. Yeah. Almost every year. I mean
1: so. I, I just like I like. Well, again, we never had three games before on on Saturday, which to me is, oh, that's I loved it. I can't wait for next year for that too. But um, yeah, this is traditionally my favorite one. I, I like having uh, I like having double double the excitement as you do for conference final weekend and everything, and it's just great. You know, maybe there's a chance maybe one of these games will be played in some snow. But it always makes it exciting. There's a chance oh, yeah. there'll be chance will be at a bar where it's snowing. You know, about to get out of the city to do that, but. Yeah, I love it. I love this weekend. I will be uh, – and also we have off on Monday so that we can enjoy the beverage both games and not have to worry about getting up for work.
0: We will see you guys next Tuesday unless something major happens, unless we have fired Jason Garrett or, or you know what have you. If some major Giants breaking news happens, you can expect an emergency podcast. Until then, we will see you on Tuesday. So I hope you guys all stay safe. Enjoy another weekend of football and uh, – Good Giants. Again. Let's go!